Switching jobs can be a stressful ordeal at the best of times, even more so when you're leaving a professional career, stability, good pay, benefits. But that's exactly what Jamie Yamanaka did. When I look ahead to my own life, I'm looking for greater challenges to be more in charge and to have a little bit more control over my life, my personal time, um, and be able to run with some projects of my own. And that being said, I mean, I also feel like there are some great adventures to be had inside of a corporate walls. Mentally, I mean, it's sometimes it can feel like a mental incarceration to only know one thing, because I've been here for so long since I graduated, uh, and not explore other things, so. Jamie is certainly not new to adventures. Growing up in the traditional martial arts, a style brought to Canada by her father, Jamie excelled, representing Canada on the world stage, including a gold medal win at games held in Israel. It's physical, it's mental, it's spiritual, um, and I'm so excited that I got to grow up where the mat is the great equalizer. You could be naturally talented, naturally skilled, but unless you're putting in the work and asking and learning and sort of submitting to the system and and letting people teach you, you're never going to get any further. So growing up in that environment was really cool. And then it was great, you know, physical training, mental training. I got to meet some really cool people. Uh, I was lucky enough to travel and compete internationally. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Jamie talks about leadership and why a dictatorship style just doesn't work. So leadership is not just dictatorship or telling other people what to do because that's it's kind of easy. It's what history has mm-hmm. done for so many years. It's easy to tell other people what to do. It's another to show by example and then raise other people up so that they can believe in themselves. Jamie's advice to those just starting out? Step forward, ask questions, and take advantage of leadership opportunities. Jamie Yamanaka, on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. Super excited today because I get to be here with a friend and colleague, Jamie Yamanaka. So excited. Thank, Thank you for having me, Bonnie. Thank you for coming on. I just, uh, I, w- I was so happy when you said that you, you'd come for an episode and just really looking forward to talking with you. I love it. I love this whole conversation. I mean, just before the microphone went on, we were, we were talking about how uh, how powerful it really is to be able to hear the stories of other women and see a little bit of yourself in there. Because, I mean, just going through this process and this adventure that I'm kind of going through, uh, career-wise and personally, um, by telling my story about what I'm going through, other people have opened up to me. And it's just through that whole process of being afraid, I find that other people have been like, don't worry, I was scared too. It's a, it's a challenge. Life is a process and there's no right or wrong way to do it. I'm so excited that you're doing this. Thank you. Yay. And absolutely. You're right. Right. Like anything that people can take from it, maybe be a little bit bolder and try something. So this might be a great place to start. So Mm -hmm. you're actually, um, you're about to leave PwC. Ooh, I am. So tell me about that. How did, how did, how did, how did you make that decision and and what's next? Uh, what's for for you? It's a great question. You know what, honestly, uh, and it's a question that I've been getting a lot recently because the challenge with uh, my experience here is that I've been here for eight and a half years. I love this place. Like the relationships that I've built, the people that I know who I've, like I've met such interesting people. Um, it's not a, it's not an environment that's not conducive for success. It's just that I haven't quite broken out from one specific area and I'm looking to expand my wings. 
I'm looking to give back on a much bigger scale. Um, the more you can explore, the more you can learn from other people, the more knowledge that you have. So I've been here for eight and a half years, uh, and it's not that I'm leaving because I don't enjoy work or enjoy the people, but uh, when I look ahead to my own life, I'm looking for greater challenges to be more in charge and to have a little bit more control over my life, my personal time, um, and be able to run with some projects of my own. And that being said, I mean, I also feel like there are some great adventures to be had inside of a corporate walls. Mentally, I mean, it's sometimes it can feel like a mental incarceration to only know one thing because I've been here for so long since I graduated, uh, and not explore other things. So that's awesome. I, I think I, I think anytime someone takes a chance or a risk to go from a steady kind of thing to really jumping out there and, and trying something new is uh, is something to, to be celebrated. Um, so I'd love to talk uh, mentorship. Are there other people that you're kind of leaning on during this journey? What does mentorship mean to you and how, how does it influence your decisions? That's a great question. And you know, Bonnie, I'm going to have to take it back a little bit because mentorship has made a huge role in, um, in how I've helped develop uh, my own vision over the last couple of months. And when I was young, I... I, I always had friends who were like, I look up to this person, I look up to that person, and I had great leaders in my life, but I, I never asked them for help. I never um, took advantage of a mentorship opportunity, even though they were such great leaders in my life. And as I grew up and I started to see that other people were excelling at a faster rate, and I realized it's probably because I'm not asking for help from the people who have done it before. There's someone out there in the world who's done exactly what you're looking to do, you just need to find them and, and ask them, kind of like, what were some things that helped you? Like, could you could you help me along the way? There's no point in you know, learning how to reinvent the wheel for yourself. So when I first started at PwC, I actually had a really incredible mentor who um, she saw a little bit in me before I saw it in myself. And that belief, I could believe in her before I believed in myself. And it empowered me to sort of like learn from her and, um, and, and trust that I could do the skills that she believe that I could. Um, and she, she really helped show me the way. So herself and Kristen actually taught me everything I know about events. I came into uh, an events role with very little background. I was uh, planning conferences, uh, large conferences, but I was planning conferences for martial arts, so sporting events, uh, tournaments, international gatherings, but I'd never done corporate. I didn't even know that that was a job that existed, to be honest. Uh, so having those two as mentors, accelerated my learning. It's not something I went to school for, but I could understand the core concepts. And then they taught me the fine details. And they helped show me that there's nothing in life that you can't learn, which is powerful. Yes. Uh, and in the last couple of months, probably in the last six months of my life, I've had a lot of personal shifts. So um, my, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's. I ended a large or a long-term relationship. Um, I moved downtown. I acquired a business mentor. I actually acquired two mentors, which I never had um, outside of PwC, and that really helped accelerate the way that I, I thought about things and the way that I perceive things, because they told me that the work that you're doing, you're already, you already know how to work hard, you already know how to apply yourself, um, you know, if you choose something else you want to do, it's not that you have to do something else, it's you have to change a little bit about who you want to become, so it's about changing yourself first, not so much about different actions, so yes, to summarize, uh, mentorship has made a huge impact in my life, and it's helped um, helped steer me and helped me create a vision um, 
by trusting the people who have done it before me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what happens when people believe in you and mm-hmm. see something in you that you might not have seen yes. and what that can do for, for you both personally and Absolutely. professionally. I don't know about you, but when I first started, I mean, professionally, I was, I, this is such a large company and I walked in basically at a school. I had a very diverse non-corporate background. So when I walked in, um, it was so much, it's so, so many formalities, so many processes. And by having somebody trust and believe in me, it really empowered me. So I don't know about your background, but I actually think at one point I, I kind of thought, you know, I think I've. I've, I've hit as high as I can go, mm-hmm. but you know, having that one person that said, no, I, th- I think I see something in you, it changes your entire out- outlook. And, and uh, yeah, it's made a huge impact on my life too. And I think PwC is actually quite good at that mm-hmm. in terms of trying to, uh, to help women and promote them and, mm-hmm. and keep them engaged. And, okay. So I'd love to, so before this, you were kind of working in the martial arts world yes. and you yourself study martial arts. Um, tell me a bit about that. And what that's done for your life and how, how it's kind of influenced you. So I actually grew up in the martial arts. Um, it's not, it's actually not a side of me that I, I have talked about for a long time because it just felt like a, a whole different world. But um, uh, my father actually helped bring a traditional style of martial arts to Canada. So he ran a dojo. He was a small business owner. Uh, he used to travel internationally and he spread a, a federation that was based on the martial arts was Martial Arts Federation. So I got to travel internationally with some of these incredible leaders uh, and masters in the martial arts. And the traditional martial arts is uh, very much about um, a spirit, a spirit of Budo, we call it. It's called the way of the warrior, uh, which is, it's physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. um, And I'm so excited that I got to grow up where the mat is the great equalizer. You could be naturally talented, naturally skilled, but unless you're putting in the work and asking and learning and sort of submitting to the system and, and letting people teach you, you're never going to get any further. So growing up in that environment was really cool. And then it was great, you know, physical training, mental training. I got to meet some really cool people. Uh, I was lucky enough to travel and compete internationally. And I went to the Maccabee Games in Israel and won gold for Canada, which was wonderful. I mean, it, I think it's the third largest um international sporting event um so it was a wild experience it opened a lot of uh doors for me a lot of doors and opened my mind more than anything else so when you ask how has it helped me kind of in my life it's helped in the way that i approach a lot of things i think it's it's a differentiator mentally and that's kind of why i don't speak about it sometimes but um I actually hosted a women's empowerment like a speaker series a couple of months ago and i spoke about how coming from that place where you are, you're trained to feel powerful, like to tap into your own internal power. And then I entered into a new space where I really let my voice be quieted, like from my own, just from my own fear of the unknown and and just being new and all this sort of stuff, uh, just being in the new space. And it took me a long time to kind of find my own voice and empower myself and like ask for help and, and retrain a little bit. So, um, even though it came from this background, I still, you know, I, I've had a lot of hard times that, you know, I had to, I had to, it still took me a while to like lean back on it and be like, okay, no, no, you are a strong woman. You can get through this, like mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, everything will be okay. But still, even though I had that training, it still took me a while to get back to that. Yeah. That's uh, so I imagine kind of the discipline, the, mm-hmm. um, everything, self-confidence. That's it. 
Yeah, so it must have felt a little bit strange to kind of have your voice quiet. It was, it was, especially because I did a lot of uh, self-defense seminars. And I'll never forget um, self-defense seminars that we did. We trained, uh, we were in the high school system, so I do courses for women and men, so young boys and girls in grade 9 and 10. Um, and teaching them how to have a voice for themselves, it was almost like training for myself. Because every time I talk to them and I hear their story about how they didn't feel confident or didn't believe in themselves, and I would tell them the words that I wish someone was telling me. To, to reinforce those messages was powerful, but then when I got to a place where I, I wasn't doing that as often, I didn't. You stop hearing the things, you stop looking for them, and they stop existing in your head a little bit more, so. That's hard, but now you've, you've kind of resurfaced. Resurfaced, absolutely. You're back, and now yeah. you're heading out on your uh, latest adventure. Yeah. Um, so I'd love uh, to talk a little bit. You and I had a conversation after an event mm -hmm. once, and we were talking about leadership and leadership styles and training leaders. Mm -hmm. um, what's your vision on, on how to make a good leader, what a good leader is? And That's a great question. Um, I, I believe that in order to answer that, I have to lean on just the people that I see as leaders in my community. I mean, I think that what you're doing with this podcast, that is an example of a beautiful leadership. I'm going this route, you know, I'm going to do it with or without people, like, you're obviously doing it with people, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, uh, thank you. You're doing it regardless of how hard it is yeah. or how, how many challenges you may have to face or how new it may be for an experience. So it's, um walking through and leading by example, and not just leading by example, I was introduced to the concept of servant leadership, um, and it's really in how you help raise other people up. So leadership is not just dictatorship or telling other people what to do, because that's it's kind of easy. It's what history has mm -hmm. done for so many years. It's easy to tell other people what to do. It's another to show by example and then raise other people up so that they can believe in themselves. So just by having this conversation and what you're saying about how you want to show other women like powerful experiences and just of a diverse audience, I think you're raising other people up, giving them a platform, and that's uh -huh. leadership. So that's servant leadership, really. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, to me, and, and you know, you're right, it comes from who who kind of you've, uh, you've had as examples yes. or who's been in your place. But, um, you know, for me, what, if, if I ever to lead is empowering others mm -hmm. and giving others a voice. Yes. And it sounds very much kind of that that's your I agree. as well. And I've seen you in action as, as an events manager at PwC. And you, you do it with a calm confidence and you really take, it's leadership and people follow you because you're bringing them along for the ride. People will do what you do, not what you say. So I really appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. No, I think that you're not going to get much further by yelling or being panicked or instilling that panic and fear in others. I know personally that fear-driven and panic-driven approaches have only left me feeling stressed, and it's not ever something that I want to repeat. Yeah, that's uh, that's an excellent point. Yes, I don't think any, anything great has happened from panicking. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a lot of stress. There's always a lot of pressure, but panicking, that, that you can control. <laughs> I'd love to ask you, so if you could kind of go back in time, be sitting in a boardroom or in a park or somewhere with a, a younger version of yourself, maybe just graduating from university or, or wherever point in your life, what kind of advice would you be giving yourself and what would that conversation look like? That is such a powerful question. Um, if I look back on myself, I would say stop waiting for it to be perfect. There's no perfect moment. Just, just start. Start where you are. 
That would be my advice to myself. Start where you are with exactly what you have, knowing exactly what you know, and go from there. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? You know what, Bonnie? I love I love this whole conversation. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, like, I know you told me about why you started the podcast, but what draws you into different people? Sure. You, you know, it could be... It, that's <laughs> that's fine. a great question. Um, it could be anything. For me, it's people that I find inspiration from. So, you know, whether it's it's the, the, the woman, uh, microbiologist, mm-hmm. and what she said was, you know, when she first started, she thought she had to hide her femininity, mm-hmm. that she had oh, to be yeah. a man, like, tough and, and be able to handle it herself. Mm-hmm. And what she's learned over the years is that's absolutely not true. It's little things like that that I'm hearing that I find amazing. But really what's drawn me in is, is I just threw the ask out. And so many people came back cool. that uh, we have a guest host, uh, Jody Cairns, Dr. Jody Cairns, who interviews people in the States now. Wow. So we're going to have like, so we have some people that are down in the States. We have people from Canada, all over uh, Canada. Um, it's really stories. People I've heard talk. People that I just think, wow, you're pretty cool, and I would love to spend some more time with you. That's awesome. I think from that, you draw, like, real organic conversations, too. It's just, like, it's an easy way to, to hear stories of other women. And I love hearing that. I, that resonates with me, too. Like, so many things. But I think that a female experience in, in life and in corporate and everywhere, um, it's just a little different. We think a little differently. Our experiences are past everything's a little different. It is. It is. And I think, um, it's interesting when, you know, when you're asked, well, why not men? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think, I think men get showcased a lot in our country I and I think it's nothing against them. Um, you know, and, and men make amazing coaches Absolutely. and can empower and help mm-hmm. pull women up and, and rise. But it's the story of the women who have done that, mm-hmm. you know, with the help of anyone, it doesn't matter what your, what your sex is, if, if you to help someone up. But for me, it was about the stories of women who have, you know, had to had to do things differently. have had to to um, to get rid of some fears that they have about not being able to be good enough or be strong enough and who just go for it. Totally. Which is incredible, because sometimes when I look at my, my male colleagues or, or people that have been in the firm for many, many years, uh, I actually one gentleman who um, became a partner at another firm, uh, he told me he's like, you know, I had an experience with this one um client manager and she was exceptional she was so great but she was a little quiet then she left the firm and somebody else came into place and he was a guy and he wasn't that great but he was incredibly confident and he spoke to he's like we everybody listened to him more than they did to her because confidence sometimes speaks louder than competence and men have this natural like bravado (laughs) where they're like i can do this yeah no problem whereas woman's like can, yeah, maybe. I think I can do that. Have sure. I checked all the boxes? Have I checked all the boxes? Exactly. <laughs> do I fulfill 100%? Absolutely. Yeah. So so I think anything that shows people, uh, myself included, because um, I, I, have, I get a little bit more confidence every time I talk to someone like yourself versus people that are doing these amazing things like, like you, and it just gives you more confidence. So if that can be reflected to other people, cool. why not? Yeah. Right? I think that's great. (laughs) Raising the bar. Leveling up. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, well, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for joining us and for being in the episode. It's been great. You're going to be so missed here, but I know that we're going to have other conversations. Absolutely. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Which will be fantastic. But thank you so much for being a guest today. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. 
and music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl, Diane Kazarian didn't speak English until she was seven, having grown up in an Armenian-American household. Now she's the managing partner for PricewaterhouseCoopers Greater Toronto Region. Diane tells us how she got there. She talks about her strong stance on diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And she has some great advice for women in the corporate environment. Diane Kazarian on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.